I don't think we've met before, but I'm the referee on this field. Leinster could offer me five mil a year, I wouldn't go. It is Tommy Moore! Robbie, Robbie, weekly. Little reverse pass, Hello and welcome to the 42 Rugby Weekly, a day out from Ireland's massive second test against the All Blacks in Dunedin. And that's where we find Gary Doyle. He's been on the move down from Auckland to Dunedin this week. How are things going, Gary? Uh, brilliant, Murray. It's just been, it's been such a good tour. I've been really, I just feel really privileged to be on it in terms of getting to see parts of the world that I will, I would otherwise never see. Uh, Auckland was good, but where we are now is much better. Um, it just you've got a real sense of what uh, New Zealand is because like Auckland could be any city in North America uh, or Europe or Australia for that matter whereas there's something really uh, unique about where we are like the architecture around this little village that we're staying in just outside Dunedin is so unique I would say to, to New Zealand life we're about I don't even know if you can hear the sound of the the sound of the surf, which is about 30, 30 meters from uh, from the apartment where we're staying, and it's just it's a stunning view that I've that I've got here outside the apartment window, and we've been going for for a few cheeky dawn dawn runs each morning. Um, I have to admit, I slipped on my arse halfway halfway down the <laughs> promenade this morning. A couple of old deers walked past, helped me up. And didn't do much for the ego, it has to be said, uh, <laughs> especially especially when one of them said, at your age, you shouldn't be out running at all. Like, you know, <laughs> Jesus. I, was trying, I was trying to point out that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still I'm, I'm still in a, I'm still not a pension age yet. Like, you know, but they weren't they weren't convinced. So, um, oh, brilliant spot. Love it. I've loved every minute of the tour so far. Yeah, it sounds amazing. What is the, like, is there an atmosphere building towards the game in Dunedin? Because it can be a sleepy enough place, I think, at times. Um, there isn't, uh, but there will be from tonight. I haven't gone into the town centre today, but yesterday there was no sense of a big match coming around the corner. Uh, but I've been, you know, informed that it gets, that doesn't happen until the night before a game. And then they're going to go pretty crazy tomorrow. Like the weather has turned here. Yesterday was a really nice day. Today was was a bit rainy and there's even s- snow threatened tomorrow, which is kind of irrelevant from the matches point of view, Murray, because the game is being played behind closed doors. But actually, not behind closed doors, under uh, uh, under a closed roof is what I meant to say. Um, but like this is a big event for for this southern city on the island. Like it's the sixth largest city on the island, so it doesn't get too many big events. Um, like since the new stadium was opened 11 years ago, the All Blacks have only played here seven times, as an example. Uh, they've won all seven, it has to be said as well. Um, there's a, there hasn't been any concerts here because of COVID, because of the closed borders. Um, so, you know, Ireland coming to town is a much bigger deal than, say, it would have been in 1992 when Ireland first came here because Ireland are really respected down here, Murray. That's the biggest takeaway I've had from this tour in terms of the way they are viewed uh, by the New Zealand public. They see them now as a team that has earned their respect and has to be respected uh, every time they face the All Blacks because they know what has happened in 2016, 2018 and last year. Mm, That's good to hear. So you found the Kiwis on the whole pretty sound to deal with, apart from when they're making comments about your your age? Yes, absolutely. Brilliant people. Um, Very 
you know, if you were going to choose to live in another country, this is probably a country I choose to live in. I think it's, I think it's a great spot. Um, really, really friendly people, humble people, um, like a pint. You know, what's not to like about people with those great <laughs> characteristics? Yeah, absolutely. And hopefully, the Irish players are getting out and seeing bits and pieces of it. How, how have you found their mood? Are they looking tired? Are they still enjoying it? What's the the sense from the squad? Enjoying it definitely, and good positive vibes coming out of them. I wouldn't read too much into that though, Murray, because even if their mood is pretty good, they're still going up against a world class team. They're still going up against a team that beat them pretty com- comprehensively last weekend. So even though they have reacted well to the two defeats, I don't think that's a good a gauge for how tomorrow's game is going to unfold. Uh, a team's mood doesn't really correlate to everything that goes on to deciding how a match is won in terms of tactics, you know, good set piece, uh, how the referee officiates. So many, as you know better than anyone, there's so many different aspects that the, that goes into deciding how a game of rugby will unfold. Uh, but in general, in answer to your question, they're upbeat. They have a firm belief that they're capable of making history down here. I'm not so sure that it is going to happen, but certainly in their minds, they're very confident. Mm. Interesting to read Johnny Sexton's stuff this morning. You guys obviously yeah. got a chance to speak to him. How was that? Yeah, it was it was incredibly intense just before the conversation began. Uh, we were brought away to a corner of a sort of large ballroom and we're, there was only about seven of us speaking to him. And before the conversation began it was just this real tense awkward silence it reminded me of the first interview that Roy Keane gave after he came back uh, from his exile his self-imposed exile uh, from the Irish international soccer team in 2004 and there was just this wonder about how is this going to unfold is he going to snap is he not he didn't he spoke really well he spoke convincingly and he was in really good form and very relaxed by the end of the interview but just those 10 seconds before it started, it was like the 10 <laughs> seconds before it started, the 100 metres uh, Olympic sprint final. Like, you know, it was incredible. It was incredible. <laughs> uh, and then the 10 minutes that unfolded afterwards were, you know, you're sort of wondering, did that tension even exist at the start, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It is interesting. It's a different dynamic, I suppose. That's a, a kind of unique example given what had happened and, and the storyline with, with Johnny Sexton and his HIA etc but how have you found interacting with the players coaches has it been more relaxed on tour as you as you might think it, it would be it doesn't strike me as terribly different to say 2018 when they last toured uh, the two of us were on that tour and the, the players were pretty engaging then I generally find like I've covered I've covered all the major sports over the course of the last quarter of a century Murray and I tend to find the rugby players are are fairly comfortable in their own skin when it comes to talking to the press. Um, you know, some are more relaxed than others. There's no doubt about that. But anybody that we've spoken to this week have been fairly, fairly comfortable with their surrounds and fairly comfortable with the idea that, you know, they're here to do a job and that they're capable of doing that job. Like it's, it has to be repeated that only five teams have ever won against the All Blacks in New Zealand, the Lions, Australia, the Springboks, England and France. And Ireland are bidden to become that sixth team. They've been here for 13 matches, they've lost 13. But these guys firmly believe that 
game number 14 or game number 15 is going to end in an Irish victory. And they certainly don't possess an inferiority complex. Like These are players that have won a Grand Slam. These are players that have beaten New Zealand three times in the last six years. They've beaten everybody in the world. They've beaten South Africa away. They've beaten Australia away. And the, there's two boxes left to tick in on the CV of, say, somebody like Johnny Sexton. One of those is to beat New Zealand away, and the other is to get to a World Cup semi-final. He's confident it's going to happen, and anybody that we've spoken to over the course of this tour is very, very confident that they're capable of doing it. Mm, really interesting. Just on Sexton briefly, like it's been heavily discussed on, on this side of the, the world, a, a lot of stories and chat about it. You think it's the right call for him to be playing? If you had asked me this yesterday, I'd have said no. But after speaking to him uh, yesterday evening, I'd say yes. He wasn't concussed last Saturday. Uh, I'm convinced of that. He certainly took a bang. Uh, but when he, when he went in for his HIA1, the first test, the first head injury assessment test, he was explaining to us afterwards that essentially if the independent doctor has any, any doubt in his head, then he's going to err, err on the side of caution. And that's what, they, that's what he did last Saturday with Sexton. Uh, the subsequent two tests are, were underwent, one at the, at the end of the final whistle and then another one 36 hours later. Uh, and he passed both of those. When he spoke to us on Thursday, he was so clear and so confident of his ability to perform on Saturday that I have absolutely no doubt that he's okay. Mm. Yeah, and fingers crossed that he gets a good, good long stint on the on the pitch this time because his absence certainly did affect Ireland. Listen, you've been obviously ingratiating yourself with the the Kiwis, and you had a chat with Alex McLeod from Rugby Pass New Zealand, which is a, a great chat. So we're going to hear that now to to get the Kiwi view from from Alex. So Alex, uh, we've just come out of the press conference there where Ian Foster's named his team for Saturday. What's your feeling about his selection? Any any surprises in there? Uh, nothing, nothing too surprising. Um, it seems like he's um, picked a relatively consistent team. I'd say his, his depth at lock has been, um, his stocks at lock have been hit pretty hard. So he's obviously had to bring in uh, Scott Barrett, moved him from six into the second row, and brought in Dalton Papaliti. I think most people were sort of um, towing and froing between whether or not he'd pick between Papaliti, Pitagasso, Kula, or Akira Ioani. Um, he's gone with Dalton Papaliti. Um, he was probably one of the form players in Super Rugby Pacific. Was, there are a lot of people who are um, calling for Papali to start ahead of Sam Kane, which is obviously a massive call to make as All Blacks captain. But he definitely deserves, his, his form deserves, uh, he's been rewarded for this form, I should say, um, by being picked to start after having come through his abdominal injury. And outside of that, you got Falafa Fakatava on the bench, who's primed for his debut, so is Aidan Ross. Um, but Falafa Fakatava is particularly exciting. Um, young player coming through the ranks in New Zealand. He's a, an electric halfback. He's um, got really good footwork, quick off the mark. He'll attack the fringe of the ruck. Um, probably be a focal point for Ireland's def- defence, I'd say, with um, whenever Falau comes off the bench. The one-two punch that he has with Aaron Smith has been lethal for the Highlanders and Super Rugby Pacific. So um, those are probably the main sort of talking points to, um, that I've sort of taken away from the team naming. Whitelock's loss is a, is a huge talking point and there's been a column in the Irish Examiner written by Ronan O'Gara today where he said that he thinks it's worth about 10 to 15 points to Ireland. Is he that influential? 
Oh, he's a he's a key figure. He's been part of the All Black setup for quite some time now. Obviously, um, you know, 133 tests, second most capped All Black of all time. Um, he's a figurehead in terms of calling their line out. He's the line out operator. Um, that role will be assumed by Brady Retallick this week. So, how significant that will be? How how um, tall of a task it is to call the line out and just be a general physical um, presence across the park like he is on a weekly basis. Um, you know, it's a big loss, but they've they've got Scott Barrett in there. Um, Brody Retallick's still there as well, and Scott Barrett's definitely not a bad replacement to have. So I, I think only time will tell. We'll have to wait and see how it goes on, on Saturday. But, um, yeah, it is a significant loss, but I think they've got capable cover for sure. Can you give us an idea or give our members an idea what the perception of Irish rugby is like here, Alex, in terms of how it has evolved over the last 10 years? Yeah, I mean, it's become uh, the Kiwi perception of um, Irish rugby and um, Ireland national team when they come and play the All Blacks. It's changed drastically ever since that first up to, uh, win for you guys in, in Chicago in 2016. Prior to that, um, I guess it was just like another sort of run-of-the-mill sort of fixture for the All Blacks to some extent. Um, you know, the, the big fixtures that the All Blacks would look out for, obviously the, the Springboks is the biggest one and then the Wallabies is always a big one. Always like to get one up over England and from time to time, um, the French as well, depending on how good they were and whether they'd beaten us in the World Cup beforehand. But that was pretty much it. That was, those were the sort of matches that, you know, Kiwi fans, I'd say, really um, scoped out and looked for on the calendar. But that's changed since that 2016 defeat. You know, Ireland have obviously beaten the All Blacks three times since then, and they've blossomed into one of the best teams in the world from our from our perspective. Anyway, doesn't seem to be the case from an Irish standpoint. Um, I think I think a few people from from Ireland seem surprised whenever myself or anyone else from New Zealand gives the gives the Irish the credit that we think they deserve. But they have sort of proven themselves over the past few years that they are really. Um, threatening team that can punish you. They've got a really good structured attack, and they've they've, they've put the All Blacks under the pump um, from time to time since that Chicago win. Um, and as a result of that, they've become you know one of the main rivals for the All Blacks. I'd say one of the modern rivals for the All Blacks. I'd say something that you couldn't have said about them more than six years ago for sure. And yet, all those victories have been either in Chicago or in Dublin. Down here, it's now 13 tests that Ireland have played against the All Blacks and 13 defeats. In your view, can you see that run extending to 14 this weekend and then 15 next weekend? I definitely think Ireland are capable of beating the All Blacks. There's no doubt about that. I don't know I don't know how they would perceive it themselves, but perhaps the weight of expectation of getting that first win might be a bit overbearing potentially. But they definitely are capable of beating the All Blacks in New Zealand. There's no doubt about it. They've shown that they can beat the All Blacks elsewhere, so there's no reason that they couldn't do it in New Zealand. Whether or not that will happen this weekend, it's hard to tell. Um, I picked a close uh, close game last week and that uh, failed to come to fruition, so we'll, so we'll see how it goes this weekend. But you know, under the roof at Forsyth Bar Stadium, it's a fast-ride track. It should be an entertaining game, and I'm hoping that it will at least be a a close game, but you know, if, if Ireland can um, play to the full extent that they're capable of, as they did when they beat the All Blacks on the other three occasions in, in Dublin and Chicago, then they're definitely, 
there or thereabouts. That's interesting you mentioned the stadium. It's under a roof. It's going to be a wet day here in Dunedin on Saturday, but that's immaterial because the game is being played uh, behind a closed roof. How significant is this? You've seen plenty of games in the stadium. What effect does the stadium have on rugby? Uh, uh, well, you, you, if you ask any coach, like the Highlanders, obviously we'll play all their home games here. So if you ask Tony Brown or the or any All Blacks coach like Ann Fosh that plays here, they always say like guaranteed a dry dry ball, and that's always impacted how the game's played for the most part at Forsyth Bar because it guarant- it gives teams a license just to attack and they attack with pace. That tends to be the case when you play at Forsyth Bar Stadium because um, it's a that's a dry hard track and they fling the ball around. It's Exasperating for a lot of the players will tell you that it's exasperating footy when they play down here. So um, I think that's got a lot of people excited about this test. Like test match footy played at pace with attacking rugby, hopefully, um, will make for an entertaining spectacle. So that's what I'd expect from this weekend at Force of Bar. Final one, Alex. I'm going to put you on the spot here. <laughs> How do you think it's going to go? Who, who's your money going to be on? Oh, uh, I'll go. I'll go. All blacks by about four, but I could it could go either way. I, I I honestly think it could go either way, and I think a lot of people would say the same thing. I'm just I'll just back the All Blacks though on the basis that they got that first up one at Eden Park and they've got a wee bit of moment, momentum building. But as I said, Ireland are definitely capable of beating the All Blacks, so wouldn't be out of the question for sure. Yeah, great stuff, Gary, and really interesting point, I suppose, about the as you mentioned earlier on in, in this pod about the the roof being over and it'll be a fast track and and maybe even a higher tempo game again, even though there was plenty of tempo and, and high intensity to last weekend. How do you see this game unfolding? It's a really interesting one again. Yeah, my gut feeling is that the All Blacks will win, but my other thought is that Aaron will put up a good show. They're not going to go away. Like even though they were they were well behind at halftime, last week Murray they didn't give up like there wasn't a capitulation they were camped on the All Blacks line for large chunks of the second half so what does that tell you about a team it tells you that there's a spirit there there's a togetherness and there's also a belief uh, and there's a pride there's a pride that you don't give up no matter even if the game has gone I've been with Irish teams in the past where they have given up like they lost 60-0 when they were last here uh, 10 years ago Um my gut feeling is that the All Blacks' ability to, to convert chances is just extraordinary. Like, Seve Reese is a brilliant finisher. Um, Jordy Bard is a really good finisher. He got the first try last week and took it really impressively. You highlighted brilliantly in your piece earlier in the week the influence that Aaron Smith had. He was extraordinarily good last week. Bard is back. Bowden Bard, that is, is back to his best form. The absence of Whitelock is, is key but the fact that uh, they've got such a good replacement, like they're bringing Scott Barrett into the second row and he's had a really good season in Super Rugby and then they're bringing Dalton Papali into the team and he's been extraordinarily good for the Blues this year. So they just, even though they're, it's obviously a loss to lose somebody as good as Whitelock, but when you look at the quality of the replacements, it just makes you think that because they are in, uh, their confidence is high and also because they're in home soil and they've got the backing of a crowd, that if you had to pick a winner, they're the team that you would pick. Um, but having said all that, I know Ireland are capable 
of having a, of putting up a good enough show. You've got to remember there were three incidents last week when the ball literally bounced against them. There was the chip through by Sexton early on in the game in the first quarter, and it just bounced back over. I think it was Ringrose's head um, in the in the right hand corner. That that could have been seven points quite easily. There was the first Savea try when it skidded right away from Lowe and from Keith Earls and straight into Savea's hands. And again, there's another seven points. And then there's the incident when James Lowe slipped and the ball was intercepted by Sevy Reese and he sprinted away. And again, there's seven points. That's 21 points. You're rarely going to get incidents where the bounce of a ball can literally... Uh, have such a big influence on a game. So when you when you remove those 21 points from last week's scoreline, and we're not saying Ireland were lucky, but what we are saying is that the scoreline was maybe not quite the reflection of a fair enough reflection of how the game unfolded. So basically, I think Ireland have a chance of going close, but they are up against probably the best team in the world. So that suggests that the home side will win. Mm. Very last one, the, just one change to the starting team with Mac Hansen coming in for Keith Earls, Rob Herring and Finley Bealham back on the Ireland bench. Would you have liked to see further change or is this a selection that, that you felt was, I suppose, justified from Farrell's point of view? But just given who they have out here, Murray, I think it's probably the best they could put out. you got to remember there's no Jacob Stockdale. He hasn't really played this season and they're missing, they're missing so many key players that would have been would have been able to to step in like Ian Henderson is a huge loss I really I really think not just in terms of his ability but also in terms of his leadership so in that respect who else could have come in maybe Bundiaki into the into the midfield with Robbie Henshaw moving to 13 perhaps I think if Balakun had been here I think this might have been an opportunity for him to get on the field so you're also looking at the fact Kelleher didn't make it out here as well because of an injury I think Farrell, because the the series is on the line, had to go with the team he has gone with. Uh, as for next week, if they lose tomorrow for the final test, I think that might be a time to experiment, but not now. Yeah, absolutely. He's looking for a bounce back from a few of those guys and, and it'll be really interesting to see what happens. Gary, we're loving your work from New Zealand this week. We also had a, a bonus pod for members. You had a great chat with Peter O'Reilly from the Sunday Times about touring and covering Ireland. We had, as you mentioned, newsletters on Aaron Smith and a, and a bit on Ireland's finishing in the 22. We had the podcast with Birch and Gav on Monday, then Owen Toolin's analysis on Wednesday. He always has a, a slightly different perspective and a bit of hope there, I think, for, for Ireland fans. So absolutely jam-packed members offering at the moment is members.the42.ie. If you want to get involved, we'll have a post-match pod with Gary on Saturday, we'll have the Monday pod and, and all the usual coverage uh, next week. So it really is a great time to, to sign up at members.the42.ie. But that is it for now. Gary, thanks a million. Thanks, Murray. Hope you enjoy the game and hope everyone else enjoys the test too. It'd be great to see it go down to a series decider up in Wellington. And we will catch you after the match for another chat. Cheers. I don't think we've met before, but I'm the referee on this field. Leinster could have me five mil a year. I wouldn't go. <laughs> <laughs> Robbie Robbie weekly. Little reverse pass. And oh, oh, Magic! You're not alive, boys, so you start kicking when the room is spinning and the words and